Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Weekly Impact Podcast. It is Tuesday, March 5th. Uh, Today, we're on Luke 15. Uh, Last week, we were on Luke 8. So seven days later, we're on Luke 15. That's how that uh, works? I feel like there's (laughs) a pattern. Interesting, (laughs) isn't it? Wow. (laughs) But uh, anyway, we're back, guys. And um, it's always great to be talking to you guys and have another conversation. As Michael says, this is always a highlight of his and of our Mm -hmm. our week that we get together and have this conversation. Um, I mean, basically, we're doing a Bible study and recording it for you guys to listen to every week. So we're very, very blessed to be able to do this. But this week, we are... Joined by Daniel Yelverton. He has rejoined <laughs> Welcome us. Welcome back. Birthday boy. It's a hiatus. Did you listen to our horrible singing on the last podcast for you? <laughs> I haven't yet. So I'm, I'm you going dirt bag. I know. I'm sorry. Slacker. I don't know. No, how, how was your birthday, man? Uh, it was good. It was good. I had a good time. It was uh, kind of a couple days worth of celebrating, which was really fun, but also kind of, I don't know, it's kind of weird for me, uh, you know, and so, but it was, uh, I had a really good time. Had uh uh, feels weird to be, I guess, a year old or closer to forty, which is just kind of. Uh, it hurts. Yeah, it's a. It's just that that feels that number just feels kind of looming and big to me. So yeah, I'm in the home stretch, man. So is Michael, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah, I don't want to talk rounding, about it. You guys are rounding third right now. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. I I turn I turn 39 in April. Oh yeah. Yeah, I'm closer to the home plate than you are. I guess I turned 39 in November, so. It's terrible. I'm uh, I'm starting to go into the Pete Rose dive right head first into the into <laughs> no, forty man. But but his, but Brent's mom Tia she um a few weeks ago <laughs> she was talking to Brent when I was in earshot and she's like I can't believe how old you guys are getting look at all that white hair and she points at me and my beard I'm like oh man that was a dagger right straight to the heart that's not hair those are tusks <laughs> they're tusks that's, that's right that's tusks. why we, yeah, that's why he's called the walrus. <laughs> Well, Daniel, we are very happy that you had a good birthday. Yeah. Uh, I'm sorry to hear that you're closer to 40, but that's how things work. It, it does. It really does. <laughs> you know, though, but I, I heard that, you know, I mean, we can't evaluate ourselves, from, but from outside sources. <laughs> yeah. I've heard that our last podcast was one of our best. Yeah, I know. It's interesting. Know? So I heard the same. It's an odd thing. <laughs> I actually heard the same. Oh, what, I mean, what was different? It feels so good to be back. <laughs> <laughs> it's good to have you back, man. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, Anyway, yeah, so it's funny when you, you know, it's getting closer to 40. I can always hear now, like, the young people are like, oh, man, they're getting old. And, of course, the older people are like, shut up. Yeah. 40. I know. Exactly. You guys are still babies. I hear that all the time. I'm like, I know, but I feel like I'm getting old. (laughs) I want to talk about it. (laughs) Anyway. um, All right, so... Luke 15, like I said. Uh, we'll get into that today here in just a second on the Dwell app. Do you guys have anything you want to talk about to set anything up today before we get into that? It's just exciting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this, yeah. This is like and in, in, in kind of the the, the middle part of, uh, middle to, towards the second, third, or, you know, how do you say that? Out of two-thirds, is this the second third of, of, <laughs> yeah. the, of the gospel of Luke. And, uh, you know, Jesus is really doing a lot of preaching uh, of his message here. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's right smack dab in the middle of, of his ministry. And, uh, man, we really get to see who God is in this chapter. Yeah. yeah. What did you have, Daniel? I mean, yeah, you're right. It's it's kind of, we see a lot of teaching going on in this. Uh, Jesus is on his journey down to Jerusalem. Uh, from Luke chapter 9 to chapter 19, you kind of get this whole kind of on his way down to Jerusalem. And so this is a lot of teaching as he's going, and a lot of it is about the kingdom of God, a lot of parables. As Jesus is not only teaching about the kingdom of God, how God operates, what's our response to God. And so in the parables, there's always characters. There's always people to to notice who is the who is the heavenly father, so who's God, 
who are right. we and what is our response? And so you'll, you'll see that. You'll see that as we're going through this chapter, you'll see those kind of characters. And so it's really good to, to kind of take notice of this and not only take inventory or not or respond to God and his character, but also take inventory on our life and how we're responding to God, how we're responding to other people. Uh, because that's the point of Jesus teaching in parables. He was teaching uh, spiritual truths through the stories of other people. Yeah. I, I really like, too, like what you guys are referring to. Like, there's two specific parables, stories in here where one is talking about leaving the 99 to go pursue the one, and the other is talking about the prodigal son. And mm-hmm. those are two of my favorite oh, yeah. stories, parables, whatever you want to call them. Um, I just love those. So um, I was excited today to get into this reading and get into this conversation. One thing I want to do before we, before we get into the reading is kind of echo some of the things that Daniel's put out for our small groups. Um, you know, a, as we begin to study this stuff, you know, we want to see where, you know, see see God speaking to us in the Scripture. What is God speaking, you know, into your life when you read this? And the second thing, of course, is <laughs> what, what is Jesus doing? Where do we see Jesus? And in this part, we really see the character of God. So, mm-hmm. so pay attention to what God is speaking to you. Where is God in the story? And of course, the personal application, not not just. What should we do? But make it a challenge when, when we read this. What will you do? Mm. Yeah, that's great, Michael. So that, that, that work for you, Daniel? Absolutely. For three points? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's what we're doing in our small groups right now. We're, we're going over just kind of core questions as we read, and those are the core questions. We want to hear from God, see God's character. We want to learn from Jesus because he was God incarnate. He showed us what God was like. And then we want to then respond. How do we respond in uh, to God as the Heavenly Father, but also how do we respond and follow Jesus? And all I was doing is sucking up since I'm teaching a small group That's now. True. And he's a small group leader guy. So I wanted to make sure I that he knows I'm the doing right my job. Actually, actually, it's true. I mean, both <laughs> you guys are here are small group leaders. So thank you guys so much for everything that you do to be a part of that. And uh, so, yeah, it's it's an exciting time for us here at Elevation. You missed it. We had a nice tie into small groups last week that we talked about. We were like, man, if Daniel was here, you know, gosh, he'd love to take this totally moment to expand. Slack. Not only was so it we the expanded. best podcast, it was, but, man. But also, <laughs> totally missed out on my greatest <laughs> application. <Yeah>. So, man. <laughs> this is Luke 15 from the Dwell app. Now the tax collectors and sinners were all drawing near to him. And the Pharisees and the scribes grumbled, saying, This man receives sinners and eats with them. So he told them this parable. What man of you, having a hundred sheep, if he has lost one of them, does not leave the ninety-nine in the open country and go after the one that is lost until he finds it? And when he has found it, he lays it on his shoulders, rejoicing. And when he comes home, he calls together his friends and his neighbors saying to them, Rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep that was lost. Just so I tell you, there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over ninety-nine righteous persons who need no repentance. Or what woman, having ten silver coins, if she loses one coin, does not light a lamp and sweep the house and seek diligently until she finds it. And when she has found it, she calls together her friends and neighbors, saying, Rejoice with me, for I have found the coin that I had lost. Just so, 
I tell you, there is joy before the angels of God over one sinner who repents. And he said, There was a man who had two sons, and the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the share of property that is coming to me. And he divided his property between them. Not many days later, the younger son gathered all he had and took a journey into a far country, and there he squandered his property in reckless living. And when he had spent everything, a severe famine arose in that country, and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to one of the citizens of that country, who sent him into his fields to feed pigs. And he was longing to be fed with the pods that the pigs ate, and no one gave him anything. But when he came to himself, he said, How many of my father's hired servants have more than enough bread? But I perish here with hunger. I will arise and go to my father, and I will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Treat me as one of your hired servants. And he arose and came to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and felt compassion and ran and embraced him and kissed him. And the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, Bring quickly the best robe and put it on him and put a ring on his hand and shoes on his feet and bring the fattened calf and kill it and let us eat and celebrate. For this my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found and they began to celebrate. Now his older son was in the field and as he came and drew near to the house, he heard music and dancing, and he called one of the servants and asked what these things meant. And he said to him, Your brother has come, and your father has killed the fattened calf, because he has received him back safe and sound. But he was angry and refused to go in. His father came out and entreated him, but he answered his father, Look, these many years I have served you, and I never disobeyed your command. Yet you never gave me a young goat that I might celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours came, who has devoured your property with prostitutes, you killed the fattened calf for him. And he said to him, Son, you are always with me, and all that is mine is yours. It was fitting to celebrate and be glad, for this your brother was dead and is alive. He was lost and is found." All right, Luke 15. Uh, what do you think, guys? <laughs> <laughs> what do you think, Brent? You always t- you always push it to Great us. Great point. I do. Yeah. I got to get us back in from it. So. And what do you, what do you think, man? Um, I don't know. I try not to think. <laughs> no, really. Uh, you know, like I spoke about before, um, two of my favorite parables in there uh, about leaving the ninety nine, and then about the prodigal son as well. The, through this whole thing, like. One thing that resonated with me the most was like, I get why the brother that stayed was upset, mm-hmm. but I love how they're supposed to be, a, you're supposed to use that example as a perspective shift mm-hmm. in how you view things, because it should be a celebration that your brother that everyone thought was dead is back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
But at the same time, you're going to be like, but I didn't go anywhere and you've never had a party for me. But it's like, it's not about that. You've been here and you get to partake in the gifts of God every single day. Mm -hmm. You've been part of the blessing the whole time. He went away and we believed he was dead and now he's back. So let's celebrate and and get kind of get over yourself because you've been blessed the whole time. And let's celebrate him. Yeah. So I think the key I think the key to some of these to all I mean, these are all similar parables. They all tackle the same the same topic. Mm-hmm. And and what I what I noticed when I read through this is the very beginning. Um, because like we like I think Daniel was saying a few minutes ago, um, you, you want to identify the characters mm-hmm. in the parables. So when when you begin, it's not a parable at the very beginning. It says, Now the tax collectors and sinners were all drawing near to him. And the Pharisees and the scribes grumbled, saying, This man receives sinners and eats with them. So he told them this parable. So that sets this up. Mm-hmm. We see what's what's going on is that the Pharisees are pointing at Jesus, being like, Look at this joker. What is he doing? This guy's eating with all these sinners and stuff. <laughs> Look at Jesus. What's wrong? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and so I so this is in direct response to what you know, to what how they call him out. So he's saying, Look, these sinners it's because, and this is another kind of God moment, you know, I'm God, and this is what I do. I reach these people. These are my sheep. All of you are my sheep. And and then I think when we get to, well, you're just talking about, Brent, when we get to that parable of the lost son, the prodigal son, and we think about that second son, mm-hmm. that's very much like the Pharisees. But guess what? The father loves them too, because mm-hmm. he's saying, you're with me. You know, I, I, you, you can enjoy all these things. Mm-hmm. So I just think that's interesting how, how we see Luke sets this up, that there's an actual conversation going on, and Jesus isn't just coming out of the blue preaching this sermon. This is in response to accusations about him, you know, eating with sinners. Mm-hmm. And I think he, he does a really great job of storytelling here because the first two are very similar, mm-hmm. but they only have kind of, they have an inanimate object or right. like a, a sheep or a, a, a coin as the as the object of kind of of lostness and then he brings in like the heavy hitter like if he, you didn't get it <clears throat> here <laughs> here is where right. and, I, and i love that i love that because he brings so much to how we relate to god his character and how we view god and not only our personal lostness but how we view the lostness of other people and then we get that dynamic of the brothers you know because you don't get the sheep grumbling about the other sheep coming back you don't have that part of the story right you don't yeah. that's not sheep aren't like that they you know the coins aren't like oh yay our other coin is back you know but it's like it's so but we get the 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 personal interaction and we get a lot of interesting things michael you even talked about this before the podcast we get like jealousy coming in mm-hmm. and we get you know uh the questions about justice you know and about mercy and about grace and about like perceived favoritism and all kinds of stuff starts coming out and it gets it kind of gets a little ugly. Like it gets a little ugly when you think about the perspective that the older brother has on the younger brother and the younger brother's choices, you know, because he's grumbling at the father, but he's also pointing out kind of keep, he keeps pointing out what his brother did, what he, how all the mistakes that he made, all of the choices that he made kind of building up to that. And I think that there can be, uh, as people, there can be a comparison game when we come to how God treats us. And we begin to start comparing ourselves to other people and think, well, 
God, you're blessing them and they're like this. And this is the choices that they've made. And this is the life that they've led. And this is what they can show for it. And this is their broken relationships. And this is their tattoos. And this is their bad financial choices. And what are you doing, God? I've been doing all of this. I've been in church every single (laughs) Sunday. I've been to Sunday school. I've been to Sunday night services and Wednesday night services. And I read my Bible and I pray every single day. How come this is happening to him and not happening for me? And man, that's like when it starts. That's like when like it's almost like the knife twist comes yeah. in when Jesus is telling the story. And we get to see this kind of ugly side, the ugly side of of almost resenting or being upset with God's grace. You know, and there's another there's another parable. I just even thought about this, the parable of the um I think it's I think we've it's been in Luke, but it's the one of the uh of the vineyard workers. Mhm. And how there's people that uh, receive uh, a basically a wage from the the owner of the vineyard, and they start working early in the morning, and then every three hours, the vineyard work the owner goes back and hires more workers, mm-hmm. right? And and they those original vineyard workers they they view God as what he he owes them. Mm-hmm. There is a wage agreement that they have right. with the owner. Everyone after that is just trusting the character of the owner. They never agree to a price. Mm-hmm. And so then the owner gives uh, the all the workers the same amount. He gives them the same amount of wages. He gives them a day's wages, even though the, some of them have only worked an hour yeah. or less. You know, And so then they get so mad. The first workers get so mad at the generosity of God because their relationship with God is what they feel like God owes them for what they've done. Yeah. And so, and that's why I think it's really interesting that same dynamic happens here with these sons because the older brother has this thing, you owe me, dad. You owe me for sticking around and not being like my son, yeah. like my other brother, sorry. And then the other brother, he comes back saying, I'm not worthy to be a son, you know, and he's, he needs mercy. He needs grace. And he... And he just trusts kind of the character of his father and the character of his father over overwhelms him with love mm-hmm. and overwhelms him with who he is. And, and so I think that there's even underneath all of the jealousy and other things, there's this transactional nature that we can have with God. Mm-hmm. And sorry, I've gone like way towards no, application, but no, like this is just conversation. We yeah, really yeah, worry yeah. About I know we don't, we don't observation worry about <laughs> application. It's like O and A are the same letter now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's, it's the Stop. melting pot. And, uh, and so anyways, it's like the cheese dip of spiritual discussion. We just throw everything in there and it just all comes out good in the end, I guess. But, uh, you got to watch those things when you go to a buffet, Daniel, <laughs> the cheese dip. Yeah. I mean, who knows what's in that? Mm-hmm. I'm just talking about in the, like in the fountain. You mean the sneeze dip. <laughs> yeah. Yes. No, I'm talking about like when you make your own cheese dip, I'm you know, just what I mean? saying, just you know. throw in that block of Velveeta cheese that who knows, however, it's been you know been <laughs> constructed but anyway so uh so 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 you have this kind of this transactional nature with god and how man when you look at god from a what is owed to you you miss it every time and then you begin to just you just it's like this it's this mentality that God's like a bear that you have to just be the one that's ahead of the person that's slowest, you know, and he's just going to maul the the one that's the slowest, right. right. Or the one that's made the most mistakes. And it's not like that at all. And, and so anyways, I just think that there's, there's just so much new one. Like this to me is the parable of the, the prodigal son is I think by far Jesus's 
I can't say he has like got a best parable, but from my opinion, and the thing that I received <laughs> sure. the most from it, I think this is it's his greatest, greatest work. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Maybe not greatest hits, volume one. <laughs> yeah. right. So, so one thing that I want to say, Michael and I were speaking a little bit before the podcast. Um, so, there's a song that I, I'm going to leave you guys with today instead of. Um, instead of playing our regular outro music, our intro outro music. Um, and it's called Reckless Love. Most of you probably heard it right now or yeah. by now. But um, it, it it specifically references in the chorus about leaving the 99. Right. Um, and Michael and I were talking about the some people don't like the song. <laughs> yeah. They say that it's wrong or whatever because they talk about, um, well, God isn't reckless, you know. But like Michael said, it's what you'd say a little bit about well, what you said, and then I'll finish up you with know, what I, my thought was. It, it, I'm glad that you set me up for this, Brent, because <laughs> <laughs> you know what really grinds my gears? <laughs> you know, people get on YouTube and all this stuff, they all get mad and because, you know, because of lyrics and things. And it's like, look, this is poetry. I know God isn't reckless. I know. But this is poetry. This is from our perspective, from a human, to see how much grace and love that God has for us. If we would act that way, it would be reckless. Yeah. Now, we know that God has control, right? Yeah. We know that he has all wisdom and that he's not reckless. But, the, the, and that's, but that's the whole point. It, just, it feels that way to us because it's, it's so just ridiculously awesome. Yeah. But like, come on. Stop judging, you know, artists because they don't use the, 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 a good theological word. It's poetry. They're, they're trying to show how they feel about yeah. God. Yeah, and they're, and they're using the best way possible to convey the point of the story of the scripture to you. Um, so it's like the sloppy wet kiss thing yeah. for, with um, John Mark McMillan and David Crowder. Yeah. Like, people don't like that. Well, you know what? It's a poem, and and what they're trying to show is Jesus's humanity and how messy that is. Mm-hmm. And if you don't like the word "sloppy wet kiss," well, get over it. <laughs> you know? Sorry, no, that was a little too That's far. Right. <laughs> no, no, no. I think, too far. but I, I think that the uh, I remember Corey Asbury, uh, the guy who wrote "Reckless Love" um, for Bethel Music. One of the things that he did was he kind of explained that a little bit. He explained what he meant by reckless and. And it really what it was was not that it was out of control or or foolish. It was more that God was his pursuit for us is in disregard of his own safety yeah. and his own concern. Meaning that like that's why it's reckless. Because There's evidence for that too, because we see the actual story yeah. of the passion. Yeah. yeah. I mean I mean so so there's there's such a there's such a a desire to to show his love. That even I mean I think you see it really in the in the father because we, we we don't really know the context but fathers didn't do what the father did in the prodigal son yeah they don't sit they 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 wait for them to come back because they're the there's, it's a very much a patriarchal society mm-hmm. where you know and so to see the father chase after a son that has wronged him so much to lift up his robe which is vulnerable in a lot of ways and to to come after him in that way is would be seen very reckless for Jesus's audience. Yeah. And and so and I think that there's God didn't care about necessarily and this kind of sounds he didn't care about his his rights or his dignity when it came to his love for us. He just threw everything towards us. He threw yeah, everything. That's a key at us. that's a key verse is that verse 20 and he arose and came to his father. But while he was still a long a long way off his father saw him and felt compassion and ran and embraced and kissed him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it wasn't just him waiting. Like you said, it wasn't just a, what the father would have been, would have expected to do. I can't talk. 
It's not what people would have expected the father to do. Whew, that yeah. was tough. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but he, he he gets off of his butt and he goes and he runs towards his son. Yeah, that's amazing. That and and of course, when you look at real life, that's what God does to us. He meets us. The Holy Spirit reaches us. That's how that's how we get saved. Is yeah. the Holy Spirit calls out to us. It's not just some kind of secret thing where we've got to find God. You know, God will find you. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, that's literally where I was going with it. Was um, he the recklessness in the story of the father? Is he he looked like a fool according to their custom at the time, and he didn't care. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's the recklessness yes, that, that ties yes, in, yes, yes. Um, and and uh, you know so that was a big part of of where I was going with that was like, so I stole your thunder. I'm sorry. No, no, no. It's okay. Like <laughs> it, it's part of the conversation. But the other thing, one thing that I wanted to talk about too, the one that I always kind of glaze over, I glazed over earlier, was about the coins, because I'm like, to me, it sounds kind of, kind of like, no, that wouldn't happen to where like, oh, I lost a coin. I'm going to gather all my friends together to be like, hey, I found this penny in my couch. But you got to have perspective on that to where back then a coin to them, one coin out of, say you had 15, that was like $1,000, let's say, you know, perspective wise, to where if they had 15 gold coins, that could have been their year's wage that they had to live off of. So if you put it in that perspective and you say, hey, I've got $15,000, I just lost a thousand dollars somewhere. I don't know where it is. You're gonna be like, can you guys help me find it? This is really Absolutely. important. Yeah. So then, when you do find it, you're gonna be like, guys, <laughs> I found it. You're gonna get your people together, whether you physically do it or not. You're gonna be like, guys, you wouldn't believe I actually found it. It gives it so much more perspective and so much more impact when you think about it for <laughs> what this parable is and being told. 2,000 years ago for what those coins meant to people compared to us thinking about losing a quarter in the couch. For my military <laughs> veteran friends listening, this is like your DD-214. I'm, I'm, so now I'm talking to two people in the podcast. This is that is a droid? Is R2-D2 there? Your, your <laughs> Department of Defense Form 214, it is worth so much money because if you want to have benefits, you have to have this form. Yeah. And so it kind of proves your military service. And this is the document. So imagine that you've lost that DD-214 and you are looking through all of your files, right? <laughs> These are not the droids you're looking for. <laughs> and you finally find that dude and you are stoked. Yeah. Yeah. Same thing, man. It, it's it. Shut up, Daniel. <laughs> Come on. You can't get upset at a Star Wars reference. Literally. No, no, that, I, you're Star right. Wars. You're right. You're I right. mean, Obi-Wan Kenobi? How can I not do that? I mean, <laughs> but like... You know, that that just giving that perspective, and that's something, too, that I'll give credit to you guys and credit to the time that I've spent in here with you in this podcast is the importance of having perspective and putting it into the context of when what the world was like when Jesus was first saying this. Mm -hmm. The world has changed, and we have to remember back then that was a big deal. Yeah, because I'm listening to it this morning, like prepping for the for the podcast, and I was like, that one doesn't really speak to me. It's like I wouldn't call my friends and be like, hey, I found this quarter, right? But then I was like, wait a minute, what is the coin to her yeah. back then? Yeah. So yeah, I just thought that well, was a cool well, way to convey that, that to Brent, people at home. When you, when you start thinking context, another interesting thing as we see this person who is finding stuff in all these is the character of God, right? Mm-hmm. So when you go back to the parable of the lost sheep, another contextual piece is that sheep are dirty. Right, shepherds stunk because they hung around sheep all mm-hmm. day. Like so, so if a shepherd went into town, it was like, oh, there's the shepherd. I can smell him <laughs> coming. I'm a, yeah. And so God, God equates Himself to that. So if you want to talk about love, you know, when we see, we see Jesus again, He's eating with sinners, right? So 
we stink, right? But Jesus still came to earth, put on human skin, and and lived and ate and loved with us, mm-hmm. right? Well, he didn't eat us, Brent, but, <laughs> but he ate with us, right? But, <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, I just I just heard how that came out. Like he he lived and ate and wait a minute, he didn't you know? But anyway. The point is, is that Jesus was with us, and and so like with this humanity, it it's it stinks. It's very, it's very much, um, you know, like a shepherd. Does mm-hmm. that make sense? Yeah. And and I think that's that's an amazing piece to see in this is the fact that Jesus equates himself that way that he associates us with, he associates himself with the lowest of the low, mm-hmm. the dirtiest, the stinkiest, the nastiest, and he loves us anyway, and loves us so much that he'll go. And leave the the rest of them, and go find the dirtiest and stinkiest and nastiest and dumbest sheep, yeah. just to go get them back. Yeah. So and celebrate. Th- so again, the contextual piece there, I think, is interesting. That when you think about how dirty sheep are in, in that context. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, ho- I hope Brent edits all those wonderful things out. That's, that's no, I'm leaving them all, man. <laughs> Everything stays. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I think that um, I think yeah, getting context is really great here when it comes to understanding not only the sheep, the shepherds, like I think one thing that I kind of, we don't really talk about right here is the people that are joining God and they're rejoicing, right? Yeah. Like we just don't, we don't, we don't talk about them. We don't talk about the neighbors that get together and rejoice. We don't talk yeah. about yeah. the people that are doing that. And that, that question kind of like, it, it, it popped in my mind of what, what are we rejoicing in? You know, like what are we, how are we participating with God in his in his pursuit of other people and how are we rejoicing in the process you know are we especially because if if you're a follower of Jesus then you might be able to identify as the uh the older brother who's been around who's been with the father who's been mm-hmm. around you know what i mean and yeah. like so how are we how are we participating in the rejoicing how are we um participating with God in the pursuit of people and celebrating that. I think that's, that's a big thing because I think that there's times when God will, will pursue and will pull people back to himself and he will bless them. And I think we just, it is hard for us to sometimes see people get blessed and not think about our own kind of ways that we're not blessed, you know? And we get, we get terrible perspectives of that, especially with social media because everybody puts on their, like their best face (laughs) and their best possible situation. It's so filtered. Yeah. And so with that can come so much comparison, so much judgment, so much kind of anger and resentment towards other people because of what they have. And so how can we, how can we rejoice more? Like, how can we be the ones that are that are celebrating these things, that are celebrating the times when people are coming to, to know Jesus, that are celebrating the life events and not allow discontentment, you know, not allow the jealousy to kind of creep in? Because, I mean, it's there, the comparison, the no matter how hard we, we would try, we're still going to struggle with comparison in some form or fashion, right? Yeah. And, so, and so I guess, like, that's the one thing that I was thinking about is, you know, how can I be the one that's that's with that's at the party with God? Yeah. You know, and that's rejoicing and yeah. celebrating that. And and then I guess then it's kind of like, okay, if I am there, that's great. But if I'm not there, like what am what am I celebrating? You know? Am yeah. I just kind of celebrating my own achievements and my own kind of success? Or am I wow. really looking to celebrate what's going on in other people's lives and really joining in that joy? Yeah. I think it starts with identifying it. Mm-hmm. And what I mean by that is, and, and you and I briefly mentioned this earlier, that um, 
I think something that we tend to do is we tend to look at these things that Daniel's saying and, and this, the message that Jesus is preaching, and like, yeah, those other people do that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah. the, the fingers pointed <laughs> outward. And it's like, no, no, what does Michael Miller do? And so, I mean, I'll share a story with you. So, I mean, so you guys see that I, I'm looking at this with the fingers pointed right back at me, not just pointing it at Daniel. <laughs> um, I, I have a friend, and I'll even name drop his. His friend's name's Eric Reed. And Eric and I were in the uh, 82nd Airborne Division a long time ago. It's a long time ago. We were together. We were roommates. And um, I'm not sure if he was saved at the time or not. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, it, it didn't, it didn't feel, seem that way, you know. Um, and, and my life was starting to go off track a bit, too. But, um, you know, I, I was still called at the time, but, but Eric wasn't. So, we, we, you know, I, I move on to other things. And, and he moves on to other things. We kind of lose contact. But Facebook, <laughs> we discover each other again. Long story short, um, Eric is now pastoring one of the fastest growing churches, you know, in America. Mm-hmm. Um, and he, um, you know, he's finished all of his seminary stuff. He's, um, he has excelled, um, you know, and, and he's, and he has a podcast. I forget, the, I, I feel like I should give him a plug, but I, I wasn't thinking about sharing the story until I, you know, showed up today. Mm-hmm. But, um, so I would say what podcast it is, but I don't know what it is, but I do know cause he was sharing it on social media that it's like, like in the top, like. 20 or something like that of Christian podcasts. Mm-hmm. So like Eric is doing great thing for God's kingdom. How do you think Michael Miller felt about that? <laughs> I was jealous. A little check, yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. I was jealous and and my thought, you know, you know goes like, "Well, God, how is Eric this this roommate of mine? How is he doing all these things?" And, and I'm not doing anything. You know, that that's kind of the thought process. And but when you read this prodigal son, I realize that I am like the brother mm. because, because God has taken Eric and he is doing fantastic and wonderful things with this guy. And, and he's doing great things with his family and his church and his community. And I should be praising God that, that he is affecting, um, you know, t- the state of Tennessee, you know, and he's taking it over for, for the glory of God. Mm-hmm. Why would I have even a hint of jealousy? Mm-hmm. I should be like in this in this feast. I should be having some you know some steak, right? I should be <laughs> celebrating it and cheering. And and I, and I am now since since I've you know you recognize this and you your heart for, processed, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. But but you know and, and and I didn't come to that this week. This is something that I, I realized a while ago. But but the but the point is is that I'm just sharing my example because. I've had to point the finger directly at myself mm. Mm. when looking at this passage that I have been the other son, mm. that I have been the one pouting to God of why are we celebrating this dude? Why are you blessing this guy? Why aren't you blessing me? Yeah. And, and, and we have to realize that it's not about me. It's about the glory of God. Yeah. I think that's a hidden and powerful piece of this whole parable because mm-hmm. I, I think every one of us do that. I think there are just innate things in us in our flesh that we do compare. Like we do, we do do those things and it sucks, but we've got to use these circumstances and, and have that be a piece of our growth in the kingdom and in our our life. Not one thing that I think of too, when you you talk about this parable and you talk about the one you were talking about with the workers in the field, um, that gives me a little bit of a different shift on it is to think about somebody that, that, you know, that accepts Jesus on their deathbed. And they've lived a life yeah. of just, you know, 
not knowing him, rebelling against him, doing everything. But then there is true repentance. And on their deathbed, they accept him. And they get to go to heaven. You know, mm-hmm. are you going to be the person that's sitting there like, well, that's he doesn't deserve that. That's not fair, you know? Yeah. Or are you going to celebrate that he finally came to Jesus, mm-hmm. you know, in that moment and that you'll yeah. get to see him again yeah. or her? Yeah. Um, yeah, go ahead. No, I, I think that I, I totally agree with that. And I think we really have to, we have to evaluate ourselves and how we begrudge in God's grace, his love, his mercy, and his willingness to to shower his love on all people. Um, and, and I think what's interesting, and you said something, Michael, and it made me think about this, is uh, in verse 28, this is talking about the older brother as he's seeing this party from a distance. He said he was angry and he refused to go in. And I wonder that if if we respond in the way like the older brother does, we miss out. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. we miss the party. Yeah, we miss what God's all about. We miss what God is doing in the kingdom. We miss our opportunity to rejoice, to be act, to be a part of what God is doing. And for me, this is like when bitterness and resentment sets in, you know. And you see it, and you see it in people's lives where they will just carry this around and they will refuse to take part in the joy and the pleasures of God because they can't get over their own pride. And like, man, like this is like, I see this in my life and I see this and it makes me sad. It makes me sad when I've done this before, but it makes me really sad for like the older brother mentality. You know what I mean? For this mentality of thinking that like God owes or like you're due this certain thing or I've put my work in, I've put my wages in, you know, when's, when am I going to get what I deserve kind of thing? And what happens is they miss, they miss it. Mm -hmm. They miss it because that mentality is not how the kingdom of God works, you know? And so, and I think that you could have somebody that lives 20 years of awful decisions or however long this brother was gone. We don't know how long this brother's gone, but whatever the time frame is of making terrible, terrible, terrible decisions and then come, come back to, to Jesus and then experience the blessings of Jesus. And we need to always, always be a part of that celebration and not begrudge God and his mercy and not begrudge God and his goodness. Because if we do, we're just going to miss it. it yeah. And that, and that resentment that only hurts you. Yeah. Cause like, think about this, Daniel, how, how many people by, by name, do you, do you think about daily that resents you or, or that, you know, don't like you or that they're upset about you? I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like that's assuming that people do that. There's no one that doesn't like no. <laughs> Carry on. Exactly. I was about to be sarcastic. I know exactly. Probably everybody I know. Like, well, <laughs> well, his sarcastic response is the exact truth, though. Yeah. Most of us are like I don't know if anybody who right. doesn't like me. And so oh. when you are actively hating on someone, or you're actively resenting them, or whatever, or, or having this lack of forgiveness, who does it hurt? Does it affect them? Do they even, are they inside of your head? Do they know what you're thinking? Do they have even one moment where they're thinking about, boy, I wonder if this person likes me, or I wonder if this person, you know, has forget. No, they're they're not thinking about that. You're the only one thinking about it. So you're holding yourself hostage with, with lack of forgiveness and resentment and hate. You're the only person you're hurting is yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's not something that they have to work on. That's something you have to work on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I'll, it's about time to close up. I just want to leave you guys, the listeners, uh, with one more thought before Michael prays us out today. But um, uh, 
I want you guys to know that um, as we're talking about these things, the goal in the end is for you to let the Holy Spirit move in you so much that you don't even have those checks in your spirit anymore. That's the ultimate goal. But I want you to know at home that it's a journey to get there. And it is a, a dynamic leap forward and shift in who you are if you're just aware of this. And in these moments where you have that jealousy, you have that check in your spirit, for you to have the perspective and the understanding and the know-how to look at that moment and know that that's not something that you're supposed to be in. And for you to shift that perspective and to look at it through the eyes of Jesus, look at it through the healthy view of what we've just been discussing here. So if you do that enough and you let the spirit continue to grow in there, you will eventually get there, but I'm not there. I still have those checks, Yeah. but it's a huge yeah. leap forward in your growth to see it and to understand it and then process it properly so that you do process it and get to that other side and that other point of view to where you are one celebrating at the party. You are one who is happy for that person, for their success or for their connection with God or for the reward that they've been given. Um, and to be their brother and sister and to go and wrap your arms around them instead of, uh, you know, yeah. having problems with them from a distance. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So anybody have anything else to add real quick before we wrap up? No, no, that's All right. great. That's great. All right, let's pray. Uh, dear Heavenly Father, um, forgive us. Lord, forgive us when we are the other brother. Forgive us when we, we have resentment. Forgive us when we, when we won't celebrate. Forgive us for missing out on your blessings, Lord. Uh, just, just forgive us, and and I know that it's it's difficult sometimes to let go of those things. I know, Lord, that it might not be a, a, a single event that that we let go. It might be a process, but Lord, help us to engage in that process. Have Your Spirit lead us through that process, so we can not miss out, and that we can celebrate, and we can love, and we can be happy for. Uh, the uh, for our brothers and our sisters that that come to you and that and the things that you do in their lives help us to celebrate what you're doing, um, not just stay away and and not go inside and not have that stake. But Lord, um, we also thank you uh, for for being that that shepherd that will go for that leave the ninety nine for the one. We thank you. For, for being the type of God that will search the whole house until you find the coin. We thank you for being the, the type of God that will run and meet us when we have been eating with the pigs and that, you, and that you'll run and you'll meet us and you'll wrap your arms around us. We thank you for that love. We thank you for, as Corey Asbury would, would call it, the, the reckless love that you have for us, just, just how wonderful your love is. We thank you and we adore you. And Lord, we, we love you. We ask all these things in your name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Michael. Um, thank you, Daniel, for joining us today. <laughs> Good to be back. <laughs> um, and uh, we're just going to go ahead and wrap it up there, guys. Like I uh, said before, we're going to leave you with uh, the song Reckless Love today, uh, give you an opportunity to worship on the way out of this podcast. We thought about doing it beforehand, but uh, Michael and I spoke too, and we were like, you know what? It's probably better for us to have this discussion. Yeah open up a little bit more of an understanding possibly in people so that they really get the impact of the song as we play out. So hope you guys like this. We don't own any right to this song. We don't have any copyright. We're not making any money off of this just to put that out there for legality purposes and hopes that we don't get blocked as well. (laughs) But uh, anyway, this is Reckless Love from Corey Asbury with Bethel. We hope you guys like it. You guys have a great week and we'll talk to you next time.
No shadow, you won't light up. Mountain, you won't come and act. There's no wall you won't kick down, lie you won't tear down, coming after me. There's no shadow you won't light up, mountain you won't climb up, coming after me. There's no wall you won't 